Welcome back to another Shots Aside program. Uh, today I have Matt joining me. We will be going through um, just the Pascal Siakam trade that happened, what was it, about two weeks ago. Um, we'll also go through some projections on you know some of the trades we might see coming uh, before this trade deadline. I mean, it'll be tomorrow, but most of you guys will listen to it on the trade deadline date. Uh, we will also have a podcast coming out uh, the following day, recapping all the trades that went through. Um, Matt also mentions a little bit about Warriors assistant coach Dion uh, Milojevic. I might have butchered that a little bit, but uh, he passed away from a heart attack at a team dinner. Um, you know, Dion was a former star player in Serbia, winning three consecutive MB- MVPs in the Adriatic League. Uh, he also mentioned or mentored uh, Nikola Jokic as well, helped the Warriors win the 2022 NBA Finals. Uh, and lastly, my condolences go out to his family and everyone who he impacted through his life. Uh, rest in peace, Dion. But with that being said, um, let's get into the podcast with Matt and uh, you know think about some trades. Maybe we get a few right, maybe we don't, but uh, uh, the way it's shaping out so far, it doesn't look like there's going to be any major trades, but I could be wrong. Um, You know, trades in recent history haven't always been huge trades that have really impacted finals winners um, in the past years. So we'll figure out, you know, in this next day or so, who makes the big trades, who pulls the trigger, who doesn't, uh, who makes smaller trades. Uh, we already know that um, the Timberwolves made a deal to get Monte Morris, a uh, good backup point guard. Uh, we'll see if that benefits them. We also saw Boston go out and get uh, Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies, another center for them, uh, give them a little bit more depth on that end of the ball and, uh, you know, should find out some more trades coming up in the future. But coming up next, Shot to Side Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to the Shot to Side podcast. I'm your host, Alex. Uh, joined again by Matt. Matt, how you doing today? Doing good. Um, you know, Wolves still sitting first in the West, so, you know, can't complain at all. Pistons still terrible, and that's that's who we play today, so, you know, yeah, I mean, today's looking up. <laughs> I mean, don't jinx it. I mean, we don't want to <laughs> lose the worst team in the NBA, but... Um, we were talking about it a little bit beforehand, but if they lose this game, I think we can. I mean, this might be a little dramatic, but uh, we might as well just shut down the whole uh, pl- deep playoff run if we lose to Detroit today. But <laughs> um, I think that would take like a big outing from like Bogdanovich or like Ivy, probably both. But it's, I mean, it's the way also Gallinari's debut too, so he could have a monster oh. game. <laughs> probably not but uh, i mean <laughs> yeah. just with just with the wolves defense i mean i don't see how this team puts up over 90 95 90 95 points yeah they're gonna need another alec burks explosion like last game to yeah. even be in it yeah, big 34 point even 
Yeah, big 34-point outing from Alec Burks to get that win against Washington when Kuzma was kind of, you know, dogging them. Didn't he have, like, a Twitter post uh, when uh, that Boston game, when they were um, winning that game, and then it went to OT, and Boston ended up winning winning it, and Kuzma was like, what was it? It was like, Kuzma was like, uh, I'd hate to be that team that that loses or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, he did. He actually got ejected yesterday in the game, too. Oh, lovely. Whenever it was. It's crazy how karma just hits you like that. <laughs> but um, we do have a Woj bomb, though. Big news in NBA. Uh, Indiana Pacers make a win-now move, adding Pascal Siakam to the lineup in exchange for Bruce Brown, Jordan Awara, and three first-round picks to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, New Orleans will uh, also send a second-round pick to Indiana and Kyra Lewis to the Raptors in order to get below that luxury tax, which I don't know if, if you knew, but the, Pel- the Pelicans and the Hornets are the only two teams in uh, NBA history that have never gone over that luxury tax. So um, even though it doesn't sound like it makes sense for the Pels to just get rid of a second round pick and Kyra Lewis, uh, it makes more sense when you kind of figure out the history behind what you know the Pelicans like to do, which is stay under that luxury tax not pay more money than they already do yeah it's interesting i didn't know that i mean if if they want to cut some more salary too i'd be happy to take herb jones off their hands if (laughs) they want to hand him over (laughs) yeah i (laughs) i don't know if they're just like gonna hand over good players but (laughs) i mean kira lewis i I think he was making like around what was it like four million dollars as a first round pick didn't really pan out for the for the Pelicans uh, these last what two to three years has it been just three years I believe yeah I, I would definitely say he didn't pan out <laughs> he right. also tore his ACL though too okay yep so um, hopefully he gets a fresh new start being the backup to uh, Emmanuel quickly there in Toronto um, a little Ooh, that, uh, does that mean Schroeder's on the move. I could see Schroeder on the move. Just uh, uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it later. But I, I think he's definitely a candidate to be moved to a contending team, to either be probably not the starting point guard, but definitely a good backup that you can plug in for like 20, 25 minutes on a, on a good day and give you good defense, spread the ball out, uh, and also knock down jumpers. Um, but. Getting back onto that Siakam trade, uh, Siakam's agent, Todd Ramasar said, uh, I'm excited that Pascal is getting a first-class opportunity with the Pacers, being paired with Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner, and being coached by a great coach in Rick Carlisle. Um, it's a perfect fit for both parties, as Andy will, you know, Andy gets a defensive player in Siakam, who, you know, has shown he can score and be a number two option in the league. Um, and then also for, for Siakam, he gets to play uh, with number one offense in the league. Uh, and Indiana will have also a little bit of cap space to uh, be able to pay him, uh, which that's all the news that we've heard is Siakam doesn't want to get traded to any team that's not going to pay him. So um, it's good news for both parties. Siakam gets uh, what he wants. Indiana gets another two, number two option to pair with Tyrese Halliburton when he comes back. Matt, what are your thoughts on, you know, Siakam going to Indiana? 
Yeah, I kind of have some mixed feelings about it a little bit. I think overall, uh, it's probably a good trade for them just because he is does give them some more uh, defensive versatility and just a better defender in general, Um, especially at a wing slash forward position, which they kind of were lacking. Um, Because Bruce Brown is, I would say, he's a good defender, but uh, he's has a tougher time guarding some of the bigger guys, which. I mean, you could see it in that like Lakers championship game. They struggled at times with the Lakers size. And I think uh, adding somebody like Siakam definitely helps with that. Um, the only thing that I, I sort of worry about with Siakam is the three-point shooting with him and Miles Turner out there at the same time. Right. Um, if they do try to go bigger, because he's, he's shooting 31% from, the f- from three this year. And he has been shooting better lately from three, but... Um, it has been an issue in the past where he doesn't always shoot good from three. So that'll be interesting. But um, overall, I mean, I like it. I think it does make Indiana, I wouldn't say a contender, but I would say a little bit. I'd probably put them around like fourth or third best team in the East now, maybe. Um, I would still put like Boston over them. Uh, Philly, I'd probably still put over them. I'd probably put uh, Milwaukee over them still. Those are probably the three top teams. Even the Heat, I'd maybe put over them still. Right. Um, if they're healthy. But, I mean, fourth, fifth, third, I feel like that they, they definitely put themselves in a conversation of, like, winning a playoff series, I think, now with Siakam because he definitely is a good player. So, yeah, I mean, those would be my initial first thoughts. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I definitely like the trade from both perspectives. I mean, Toronto, I think we're all wondering, like, are they going to get anything meaningful for Pascal? I mean, it's his last year on his contract. You probably could have got more out of him, like, for tra- trade value last year. Is this a, Are they going to be able to get a trade done that makes, makes sense versus kind of what they got from OG, which wasn't a whole lot from that trade. Um, It was just two young players and then a second round pick, which everything we heard last year, I mean, you were going to get like two to three first round picks for both players. So um, to know that they got three first round picks, obviously not all first round picks are the same. And, you know, they're getting Indiana's 2024 and 2026 and then I think the third one is a 2024 first, which they take the whichever one is best between, I think it's OKC, the Clippers, Houston, um, and it might be Indiana as well for the fourth team. So whichever four of those teams does worst, which is insane a lot because Indiana should be pretty good this this you know year, next year, and the year after. So. You're probably getting two first or three first round picks in the 20 to 30 range somewhere in there. So is that worth it to get for Siakam? I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it could be depending on who you pick. But um, from um, Indiana's perspective, though, I mean, like you said, it doesn't help out with the three point shooting. But you have players that you kept on your team like Buddy Heald, Miles Turner even Matherin that you didn't have to include in this trade. So 
knowing that, I mean, I'm not that concerned about the three-point shooting. I think it's going to help on the defensive end, which we all know Indiana's one of the worst defensive teams in the league right now. So hopefully that can kind of mesh in well. I think it's going to be similar to the Harden situation where it's going to take five to six, maybe 10 games to kind of get them um, in rhythm. And you're going to have to wait for Halliburton to come back from injury. So uh, a lot of variables to see how this is going to shape up. But all in all, I think it's a win from both sides. Yeah, I mean, the the one critique I'd maybe have would maybe I like if they're competing. I feel like maybe they would have wanted to keep Bruce Brown just because I feel like he's a would be a good piece to a championship team as we saw last year. Um, and but I I also see it from the Pacers side too, where they don't want to give up somebody like Jerry Walker, um, even though. It, I probably would have parted with him over another first and Bruce Brown and would have put thrown like Buddy Heald in for contract wise or something like that. Just cause I feel like Bruce Brown is a player that contributes to winning basketball. Um, even if he didn't always fit at times with them this year, but I feel like he could have, um, I don't know if that's moving the needle though for Toronto. I don't think they want Buddy Heald another shooter when they already have like Gary Trent and yeah, well, his isn't expiring, so like that's why they yeah. maybe want him. So then and you then probably also, have to add in another first round pick. Then on top of that, if you're not getting Bruce Brown back, right? well, I said put in Jarius Walker, who is the eighth overall pick. So, so three, like, three first round picks and Jarius Walker, Walker in, no, included. No, two and Jarius Walker and Buddy Heald would have been more. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that would have been better for them, just because. I mean, it would have been good for Toronto too, because Walker is like. A proven like eighth overall pick is like these could be picks in the 20s and 30 or and 30 you don't really know so um could have worked out better for both but i mean either way i feel like maybe they just didn't think bruce brown meshed as well as they would have liked him to um so they also paid him pretty handsomely too yeah they paid him pretty handsomely too and i think they're thinking with like the contract extension um, it works out well with Buddy's contract expiring, and then they'll pay Siakam this offseason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for, for Toronto, I like it, too. Getting three first-round picks for an expiring contract, I mean, sure, you pro- probably could have got more if you traded him earlier. But, um, I mean, at this point in time, they I feel like they got the best that they could. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, anything else you wanted to end off with this Pascal Siakam trade? Otherwise, we'll get into some um, hypothetical trades and some other stuff. No, I think uh, it doesn't really change a whole ton for like the the lineups. I would say Naismith might get a little more run with Bruce Brown gone. Yeah. Um, Matherin probably as well. Matherin maybe. I feel like they like Matherin off the bench though, but maybe he could be a starter. I'm not sure. Uh, his defense has been pretty bad, but I think for the most part they say the same. Just Jalen Smith obviously slides to the bench now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I th- it'll be interesting to see. They might not be done trading either because I mean they still got Buddy Hield's expiring, like you just said. If they want yeah. to pair that with something else, uh, another player, or I don't know how many, they, they might only have like one or two, possibly three more first round picks. So, um, 
I mean, they they could definitely make a another trade, and I, I, I mean, if you're going all in and trying to get Siakam, you might as well try to find some other pieces too. Probably not super expensive because, like I said, you're gonna end up paying Siakam. So, mm-hmm. um, if if you're trading Buddy Healed, maybe you get somebody who's a little bit less money value, or you get like, you know, a couple players. Uh, that match up to that value as well. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Indiana does. But uh, let's look at um, some of the buyers and sellers um, for trades. Um, as of now, my buyers uh, in the East, probably Milwaukee Bucks. Not sure how, how much they can get or how much. It's probably just, um, you know, cheaper deals. Uh 76ers probably going to be buyers. Um, Cavs could be both, I'd say. Um, and then Heat, Pacers, Knicks, Magic, uh, all playoff um, teams that could also be buyers. Um, in the West, I'd say Timberwolves, Thunder, Kings, Mavericks. I mean, there's a bunch of Western Conference teams that could be buyers. Um, Pelicans, possibly, if they, if they want to make a trade. Uh, and then Lakers and Rockets also buyers. Um, yeah, even Warriors maybe. Right, I, Warriors are probably both. Right, they're probably selling and buying. Um, yeah. Just with, I mean, they're probably going to keep Steph, Clay, Draymond, and then everybody else is probably on the market, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and then sellers um, in the East, you probably got the Bulls. Uh, we just saw the Raptors make a trade, um, two trades actually, so they could still trade again. I'm not not sure if they want to trade Truder or Podol or somebody else, but it's a possibility. Gary or Gary Trent, yep. Um, and then Wizards and Pistons probably going to be sellers as well. Um, uh, I think Hawks might be sellers. Sellers, okay. Yeah. I I mean I had yeah I had the Hawks as both. So Hawks and Nets and Warriors, I think, are both buyers and sellers in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree uh, with all those. Yeah, and then the West um, sellers, I'd probably say Jazz, but who knows? They just went on a six-game winning streak. I think they've won. What is it? They've been f- nine of their last ten. Nine of the last ten, fifteen and four in their last nineteen games. Um, to start the year, I mean that's pretty impressive. Um, so I beat some good teams too. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know if they, if they, I can see them selling some players, but it's not going to be an all-out like they're not giving up marketing, you know, and a bunch of their good players. But I mean, if if it's the right deal, possibly. Um, and then Trailblazers and Spurs are probably my other two sellers. Um, anybody else that I'm missing? Yeah, I, I feel like the, the, maybe the Grizzlies could sell a couple players, like uh, maybe a Canard or maybe even maybe even Marcus Smart if he gets back healthy. Before it, I'm not sure if he is. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, especially after the jaw injury, so. Yeah, because I mean, like, this season's pretty much a wash for them. And then Desmond Bain's going to be out for a while, too. Right. So, yeah, you could definitely see, I mean, probably, tr- I mean, 
Jaron Jackson Jr. and probably the, some of their young talent are probably the untouchables. But yeah, there's no way they're trading Jaron. No, not a chance. But um, yeah, I could see like Marcus Smart or who else? I like to say Kennard or maybe like if a, somebody's interested in like Tillman or truly I'm yeah. not sure if they would be, but um, you probably won't get that high of return for anybody on their roster yeah. though besides maybe Marcus Smart. Yeah, I was trying to th- even think who else they had that could be available even because they have a, like a lot of young guys too. Right. Um, yeah. But, I yeah. mean, Laporta, Conchar, Laporta. possibly. Sam Laporta. No. Laravia. Uh, Laravia. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking. <laughs> Maybe it's because Detroit won and I was just thinking. I had Detroit on my mind. I don't know. Uh, crazy <laughs> NFL weekend, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, LaRavia could possibly be uh, one of those young guys. Um, Conchar I could see on the move just because he could be a a good addition to a team off the bench. Um, Even maybe uh, Zaire Williams, or I think that's his name. Yeah, Zaire. Um, I I don't know if that really does anything. No. I mean, I'd probably keep Zaire if I'm Memphis, but... It, w- yeah. it would take the right trade. But um, looking at some of the trade candidates, I had like 45 on my list, um, maybe even 50. Um, obviously, Pascal's off there. Um, I'm not throwing Lori in there. Um, so your top guys on the list, maybe Julius Randle. I mean, I know New York was thinking about possibly – adding a big time player after they just got OG. Do you think Julius Randle could possibly be on the move? I mean, he's playing phenomenally. Do you think they'd want to do that? I don't think they would anymore just because he is playing really good right now. I feel like that'd be kind of counterproductive to trade somebody that's playing at a high level right now, considering they're like doing pretty good as a team. Um, but I think that his play could maybe facilitate a trade in the offseason, though. Um, now that his value is maybe a little higher. Right. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who's going to want, like, you, you're trading Julius Randle to get a star, basically. But I don't know who, unless it's like, I don't even know because, I mean, there's news about Donovan Mitchell, but, I mean, that trade's not going through because Cleveland's not taking another power forward slash center, so um, that wouldn't work. So, I I mean, unless you're trading for, like, Laurie Markkinen, but I don't know if that really changes things. Yeah, I'm not not sure that that really is much better than Randall. I mean, I like Markkinen. I just don't know that. He's that much more of a star than Randall is. No, but I mean, probably a better defender, but scoring wise, I mean, Randall's probably better at this stage of his career. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would say like paint defense, Randall might be better though, just cause he's like a big load to move. Like 
he helps them a little bit against some of those bigger Western con- or Eastern Conference teams, like with Giannis and uh, like Embiid down low. Like he's a he's a big body to move. He's strong as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think some people call him the the Kyle Lowry of the power forwards. <laughs> I, I could definitely see that. But I, I don't see him guarding any of those guys though in the East, like Embiid or. Or Giannis, but as like a help guy, yeah, he could do that. But yeah, just as a, another paint guy. Yeah, but honestly, nobody's guarding those two anyways, and uh, they've gotten true. great, great help out of Hardenstein uh, after this Mitchell Robinson injury, which looks like Robinson's probably going to be out until the end of the year if he comes back. Yeah, and it, I mean, he for them it would be great if he did come back because it, it does look like he might come back like the last like couple weeks of the year so that'd be nice for them right because uh, they could definitely use his paint defense then uh, you know if they are confident that he's coming back Randall could be maybe a little more expendable yeah but otherwise yeah I don't really see Randall getting moved uh, you know New York could make another move. A guy that I could probably see on the move is Kyle Kuzma. Um, I mean, we knew once Washington did that deal with the Lakers to, to get Kyle Kuzma and then paid him um, not quite the max, but I think it was like around, what was it, like $28 million or $25 million, it looks like, $25.5 and, uh, and then it the next four years that 25 and a half gets lower and lower. So it's definitely a tradable con- or contract where a lot of teams would take on Kyle Kuzma because, you know, he's not making 25 and then it's going up to 30 and 34 and getting higher and higher. Like some of these max contracts are, um, do you see Kyle Kuzma getting moved? And if you do, uh, where would, where would he possibly get moved to? See, that's the thing is, like, I could see him get moved, but, like, I don't know who would want Kyle Kuzma, really. (laughs) Like, I mean, I think he's a decent player. I just don't really think he – I don't know. I'm not the biggest Kyle Kuzma fan. I feel like he's, like, one of the worst, like, he's, like, a terrible defender overall and then just doesn't really add to winning basketball. Both him and Jordan Poole are, like, one of the worst, like, in terms of contributing to winning basketball. So, I mean, it clearly shows with the record, too. Um, so I'm not really sure where he'd go. You probably got to find, like, a fit that has, like, a team that has a good defensive identity and then, you know, mesh him in there where he doesn't have to be, you know, f- you know, the main defender on some of these players like he is in Washington. Um a team that I could maybe see this happening is maybe Memphis. Maybe they want to test it out. And with, you know, Jaron Jackson at the five, Kuzma at the four. Um, so I had a, a little trade mocked up, a little three-team trade where um, the Timberwolves get Tyus Jones, Grizzlies get Jalen um, Jordan McLaughlin and Kuzma, and then the Wizards would get Brandon Clark, Shake Milton, uh, Jake LaRavia, Derek Rose, two first-round picks in two seconds. Um, probably a win for... I don't know if it's a win for Grizzlies, but 
I mean, especially with Ja out, that trade probably doesn't go through, right? Yeah, I just don't know if, like, what what is the incentive, for, like, to try to win, like, at all if you're the Grizzlies? Um, it, you know, it's tough to really try anything out when uh, Ja and Bane are out. Like, you don't really know how they mesh. Right. I mean, the only incentive is... You know, maybe Memphis thinks that Desmond Bain's coming back early. You know, honestly, there's probably not a good incentive to to start winning. And if you get Kyle Kuzma, are you winning a lot more games? Probably not. But it'd be interesting to see how he would mesh with John Morant and Jaron Jackson next year and Desmond Bain. I think it would help next year, but... Um, for this year, yeah, it's no, it's I don't think it's going to impact winning adding Kyle Kuzma to the Grizzlies, um, at least for this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think one team that maybe could try to get them would be like, um, the Thunder just because they have good defense. Um, could maybe use like another scoring option um the only, the only tough part about that is like what does the starting lineup look like like do you bring kuzma off the bench like he's too expensive to bring off the bench um i i don't really you know it's just tough to see where he fits with the team because he's not really a plus defender and he's also like not enough scoring that you're like okay with his defense <laughs> Yeah, and maybe it's just because he's on Washington and everybody goes out to Washington, doesn't play defense. So, I mean... Yeah. Because there were, there were moments in L.A. where he had good defensive uh, outings, not only in the regular season, but also in the playoffs. But, yeah, I could see, like, a team like the Thunder. But then, I mean, you're not moving... Jay, you're probably moving Josh Giddy to the bench, right? And yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like you, you'd move Giddy to the bench. Jalen Williams would be the three, because uh, I assume you'd put Kyle Kuzma at the four, not the three. Yeah, and then Dort at the two, right for for defense. Yeah, and uh, SGA at the point, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, um, yeah, possibility, but yeah, I mean, and they also have like the contract too, because they could send <laughs> Bertans back to Washington. <laughs> Yeah, um, and they have well. a number of first round picks too. Yeah, and then and then they also have like somebody like Kenrich too. If Kenrich and Bertans would work for as far as like contracts, like that would be enough. And then they obviously have a shit ton of draft picks. Yeah. Um, another player on the trade market. Actually, no. Let's go to a fun trade. Um. This one I kind of just thought of on the fly. Uh, it, it's not going to happen. I'm saying it right now, but it would be really interesting if Denver was like, we, you know, they won the championship last year. They're, I mean, nobody's thinking that they're not going to make the finals this year or even have a chance to make the finals this year. Like, I think everybody has them locked in as probably the number one team in not only the West, but the team to beat. Um, but if they wanted to get a little frisky with this, do you think a move like this would help? 
Um, so I have Michael Porter Jr. Um, in a trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Donovan Mitchell. So the Nuggets would get Isaac Okoro and Donovan Mitchell, and then the Cavs would get Michael Porter Jr., Christian Braun, Concar, uh, and then two first-round picks. You think that's – I mean, obviously, it's it's an out-there trade. Like, it, I don't think the Nuggets are going to do this, nor do, do I think Cleveland would do this. But, I mean, they might to get MPJ and Christian Braun, two young players, uh, and then yeah. some draft capital. That's definitely interesting. I just – I don't know really how a backcourt of Mitchell and uh, Murray would necessarily be the best thing, like, I mean, Murray's a decent defender, but Mitchell's a terrible defender. Um, you still have, like, other defenders on that Nuggets team, though, and, like, KCP, Aaron Gordon, and Jokic is a lot better. Yeah, you do, but then you're also putting, like, KCP at the three then, right? Probably, yeah. That's a pretty small lineup, um, especially against, like, a team like the Lakers and the Wolves, who you're competing against. Um I mean, I, obviously, like adding a player like Donovan Mitchell would just firepower that. Like that offense might be unbelievable, but the defense—I don't know if that that would be the best for the defense. I mean, do you need defense? I mean, you'd be like, you'd be like yeah. Indiana on steroids when it comes to offense. That's true. I, I mean, somebody would have to play off the ball more too between Murray and uh, uh, Mitchell too, because like. Jokic loves doing the pick and roll too. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's where back cuts come in handy and back screens and, um, yeah. And then can Donovan Mitchell not have the ball in his hand for a good portion of the time? Same with Jamal Murray. Um, are they going to stand in the corners and just shoot threes in the corners and stuff like that? That, I mean, that's probably not what Donovan Mitchell wants or I, I, it would take a while for that to kind of work out and see it work out. But like you said, I think the defensive thing is, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of teams that are just all offense, kind of like Indiana, even though I, I, they're fun to watch. Don't get me wrong, but to win a championship, I think you have to have that offense, but you have to have also a top five, 10 defense as well. If you want to make a finals run. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I just, I don't know if I could see that really fitting because that would also deplete their bench too with uh, having Christian Brown because their bench already isn't like super deep. Yeah. I mean, then again, like this is just a for fun trade. I thought I'd just put it out there. Um, oh, yeah. No, just to see. It's definitely what an interesting think. trade. Um, I feel like there'll be much more suitors for Donovan Mitchell, though. That oh, have yeah. more to offer too. Yeah. Um, a team that we were just talking about, the Knicks, a little bit. I mentioned, you know, they might be in the market to get a, you know, bigger, another star or something like that. Um, I had a little trade mocked up right here um, where they go out and try to get DeMar DeRozan. Um, so this would include, you know, two first round picks and then. Um, the Bulls would absolutely love to have Evan Fournier on their team, I think. And then uh, just to sweeten it, you probably add Quentin Grimes uh, to the deal. 
do you think DeMar DeRozan would help out a Knicks squad? Um, yeah, I mean, he'd obviously help. I, Does he fit that, in, though? I, I'm not sure that he fits in just because he's not a three-point shooter. Randall's not the best three-point shooter, even though he was in the three-point contest for some reason. Um, <laughs> I still forget Hart, about that. Hartenstein's, <laughs> uh, I mean, he was terrible in the three-point contest. Yeah. Uh, Hartenstein can shoot threes, but not, like, at a super high clip. So, like, that'd be three. And then, I mean, normally it'd be Robinson, too, and he's not a three-point shooter. So, um, that's three non-three-point shooters. Um but so I mean, that, that maybe if he was basically Jalen Brunson and bench, OG. But I don't know if he would want to come no, off the bench. No, no, he's not. You're not trading two first round picks and Quentin Grimes just for a bench player, bench scorer. You know what I would do though? Uh, that's that's actually an interesting trade though, because I would probably consider. I don't know if the Bulls would do it, but if I was the Knicks, I'd maybe consider trading for DeRozan, trading Randall for DeRozan and Patrick Williams. That would be an interesting trade. Um, and I could see that actually working out pretty well. Yeah. I just don't know if that's... If you're going to trade Randall, I don't know if if DeRozan's... Because pro- Randall's younger. DeRozan's getting a little older, so... I don't know if that's exactly the trade they probably want. Yeah, but also Patrick Williams is young, so. True, but, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm trusting Patrick Williams. But, I mean, he's not even that great of a three-point shooter either, so. I mean. Yeah, no, he's not. I've, I just feel like he'd fit a little bit better than Randall would. Like, he wouldn't yeah. have to have the ball. Uh, yeah, all. that's fair. Do you see DeMar DeRozan going to any other, like, uh, a different team, possibly? Uh, what? Well, how much is his contract? You know, off the top of your head. Yeah, he's making twenty-eight point six million, um, on an expiring deal. So, so he'll be a free contract. agent next year. Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I could honestly maybe see him, like if the Sixers wanted to try to add someone, I could maybe see him going Ooh. there. Um. And they definitely have the pieces because I think Marcus Morris makes about like seventeen million. You got Batum who makes like eleven or twelve million. Um, so you can definitely get up to that twenty-eight point six million number. Um, it just depends on, you know. I mean, I th- I think the Bulls would probably do it just to shed that and maybe get some draft capital out of that, out of Demar Derozan. Mm-hmm. But um, especially where the season's going with uh, Chicago, even though. I think they're sitting like what, eleventh or twelfth? Eleventh, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Just around that play-in um, scenario. Because, because then you could start like uh, Maxi, Melton, DeRozan, and uh, Tobias or Tobias, depending on who wants to be a three or four, and then Embiid, and that'd be a pretty solid lineup. Right, and then you got. Ubre off the bench to add you add some I mean they've been struggling to get bench scoring so um if they could have Ubre coming off the bench for bench scoring and then um I mean maybe add another shooter or somebody um through another trade um I think that would entice Embiid um especially since 
you know, Embiid's been out for, what is it? I think he's missed the past five games, something like that. So Yeah, well, he, he played last night against the Nuggets. Oh, he did? And, oh, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. Little MVP battle, he dropped 41. So 41 and like pretty... 14 or something like that, and then Jokic had like 25 and 19 boards, something like that. Yeah, well, they, they kind of did the... the the T Wolves like defensive game plan where they try to limit his assists and make him a scorer. Cause he only had three assists last night. Right. Um, it, I mean it worked because they. I mean the Seventy Sixers got the win, and yeah. I mean it seems a little scripted that Joel Embiid sat at all these games and then was like, "I need to like, you know, improve my MVP candidacy by playing against." Jokic um and getting a W. So it I mean it definitely definitely helps, but um I think he yeah. he played two games in a row. And B did? Yeah, because he played Monday too. Okay. But so but yeah, I mean it definitely like you can definitely tell like the it's getting in their heads that they don't wanna be eliminated from awards by sitting out. Right, and he, I mean, I don't know if he's even close to having that happen, but, I mean, you're, you miss, like, a week or two, and then, I mean, you're definitely in that scenario where, I mean, you got to play every single game just to get to 65 games, and um, plays a big impact, definitely does. Um, is there a player on, on, my, on your list that... Uh, you could see possibly getting traded and then um, where, where would they get traded? Yeah. So uh, somebody on my trade list would probably be um, Terry Rozier. And I think um, I have a mock trade of him going to the heat in exchange for him. I and uh, I have him and um, uh, what's his face. Uh, and, PJ Washington going to the Heat in exchange for uh, Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. Um, I think that could add a lot to the Heat. Honestly, I think they could use like somebody with the size of PJ Washington as a four would be nice. Even though he's not fit in well this year, I, I mean, in the past he's had some decent moments. So I feel like he's still a decent player and he's a little more like now ready versus somebody like Jovic. Um, and then obviously Terry Rozier is a dog, and I feel Absolute like he'd dog, fit in yeah. absolutely perfectly with the Heat. So I honestly, and he would take a, a lot of the load off of Jimmy Butler, especially like in times where he's resting, because I, I don't think Jimmy really cares about like the awards. So he's definitely willing to rest as much as he needs to. Um, and I mean Kyle Kyle Lowry's just got nothing left in the tank. You can just see it when he's out there, like. He just it's hard to watch big booty up and down the court sometimes. Um, but I, I like that trade. I think you'd maybe, like, obviously, because, like, uh, Duncan Robinson and uh, Lowry aren't that enticing. They'd have to throw in, like, maybe, like, a first or two. up Two maybe seconds, two, maybe. Yeah, maybe a first and two seconds or two firsts with one of them protected. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I mean – it's yeah. kind of funny that me and you both had Terry Rozier possibly going to the Heat. Cause I, I mean, like you said, like perfect fit. My trade was a little bit different. I had like a three-team trade where 
Uh, it maybe doesn't help out the Spurs that much, but I have the Spurs included in that trade where instead of the Hornets getting Kyle Lowry, um, the Spurs end up getting a point guard to help out Wemby a little bit. Um, so then you'd have to send the Hornets, I mean, at least a first round pick, two seconds. I had them getting Devontae Graham back uh, as long, as well as uh, Doug McDermott. But um, I, I do like your trade because I think Miami can definitely use or benefit not only Terry Rozier um, and helping out Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler, but also the P.J. Walker edition as well. Because, I mean, they probably have, what, like four to six, like, hybrid small forward power forward type of players and like caleb martin josh richardson so on and so on uh Jovich, whatever it is but they're missing like a four to go with um or even a backup five at sometimes and pj washington i think would be a pretty good fit on the defensive end maybe not the greatest but i mean if miami can make some of these players like gabe vincent and um <laughs> Hassan Whiteside and all these players that you know don't look good on other teams but look good on the Heat. I mean, I I think they can do something with PJ Washington because he. I mean, he's still young too. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I even actually had had to add um, Martin's brother in too to make the contracts work. So Cody. Yeah, so I had Cody in there too, but um, that'd be crazy. <laughs> that, that'd be kind of funny, too. but yeah. Okay. Because uh, they were they were originally on the same team. But yeah, I think that the the Heat could definitely make a move too, because uh, I think they're kind of like one of those teams that like they have to win like in this year. Like this, the time is now for the Heat. There's no like developing these young guys and uh, waiting like two years, because by that time Jimmy Butler is like probably like I don't know what he is right now, like 34, so he'd be like 36. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, yeah. But, it's it's win now mode right now and um, yeah, yeah it, it's just tough because they they have some trade assets but not a ton of picks where you could see them going out and getting like a high profiled guy just with Kyle Lowry's contract but you know maybe you add in Tyler Hero into a deal but if you're doing that you got to get somebody who's going to help you win right now um, a title. So um, another like team that could be a hypothetical trade uh, with Terry Rozier could be, you know, maybe the Mavericks want like a backup point guard um, to come off the bench when Kyrie and and Luca want some rest during the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, And also I had them, or uh, sending over Nick Richards as well so that the Mavericks can get another center uh, so they don't have to count on Derek Lively, a rookie, to kind of, you know, hold down that fort in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I definitely think Terry Rozier is probably going to be on the move um, this year just because I think, what does he have? I mean, $23 million, I think it does raise by, like, two to three million every year he's on a three-year deal so uh pretty solid contract but uh it's kind of being wasted away in in charlotte right now yeah i i had another uh 
Terry uh, trade too. My my other Terry trade was uh, Rozier to the the Magic for uh, Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. Because um, I I think the Magic are a team that they could use like another score because uh, they have a really good defense team, and I also think he just fit well with the Magic too because he's a decent defender at times too. Rozier is, um, and then. Obviously, Fultz is kind of a little bit unreliable just because, like, the injuries. And Cole Anthony's a good scorer, but he's god-awful at defense. Um, and I just feel like, in general, Rozier would help more. He's a veteran, too. Um, be good for a young roster, but I don't know what they'd throw in. They'd maybe throw in, like, one of their rookies, um, like Jet Howard or, like, a first or something like that. And maybe a couple seconds. I mean, that might just do it though with Markel and and Cole Anthony, because I mean Cole Anthony and Terry Rozier are pretty similar. It's just Terry Rozier's a lot better defender. Um, and I mean, yeah, I feel like they'd want something else, like either a protected first or like Jet Howard might do it. Yeah, I just don't think the Magic probably want to give up on. Jed Howard, just because they're so limited in three-point shooting as it is, I mean, you'd kind of want to keep Jed Howard with Terry Rozier so that you can have some, you know, possible yeah. three-point lineups in there. Yeah, no, and, I and he's a young player. Um, or maybe even like somebody like Caleb Houston, they'd be interested in. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, another player that I have on my board that I could see getting traded. Um, and I think a lot of the media has talked about this already. Like Atlanta has made it pretty clear that I think they said Trey Young and Jalen Johnson are their untouchables, which leaves out their second best player, DeJounte Murray. Um, there's already been some hypothetical trades of, you know, he's not hypothetical, but uh, there's been some talks with the Lakers. I think the Sixers were also involved. Um, if the Lakers were to get a player like DeJounte Murray, does this, do you see that helping the Lakers? Like, does it fix what they're kind of missing right now, which is three point shooting? Obviously, DeJounte Murray is having a career year from three. I think he's shooting 39%, where he averages like 33 or 31% on his career. Uh, might be 31. Um, so he's absolutely careering it right now, but that that number is going to drop, obviously. I mean, he's not the, the greatest three-point shooter, but it also credit to him for putting in the work in the offseason. But I think it helps him on the defensive end, which is more important. Um, the year they won that championship, um, Matt likes to call it the uh, – what do you like to call it? You call, like to call it the – The Mickey Mouse ring. The Mickey Mouse ring, Yep. <laughs> Um, when they won it that year, uh, the two things that I just said, I mean, three-point shooting and defense is what they kind of hang their their hat on to go with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But, you know, that's been a, it's been a struggle. And I think DeJounte can definitely help on the defensive end, even though he hasn't been the greatest defender, especially with Atlanta. But he gets you steals. He gets you blocks at that uh, – point guard shooting guard hybrid position but do you think it's a, a trade that makes the lakers a contender again uh, i i guess it depends on who is a part of the trade to get him 
that definitely makes a difference. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think his three-point shooting will necessarily be like that consistent. Um, I don't know. It's just tough to say because I, I feel like he doesn't really fit like that well with them. I feel like they need somebody that's like a little bit, I don't know, just like a better shooter. Like, I almost feel like Terry Rozier would maybe fit better, like, yeah, with the Lakers. Um, I agree. But I mean, there's there's uh, two. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, he's he struggled at times a lot this year with Atlanta. And, and maybe it's just an Atlanta thing, too, because, like, I've seen multiple times where, like, he's caught napping and guys backdoor cut on him or, like, get wide open threes. So um, it could just be an Atlanta thing. Like, I mean, Atlanta does not like to play defense they're allergic to it um but yeah that's, i mean it'd that's be putting it nicely too <laughs> yeah i mean it, it i'd maybe like it for the lakers if it was just like d plus like something like then like you can't really lose with it because because i feel like d is a minus player which the money um, does work out d would i mean d makes 17 million Dejounte makes 18 um but you probably have to include do you include that first round pick that the Lakers have? I mean, I think you have to, right? Yeah, and that's just tough. And then also, like, you can't give up Reeves. He's one of their best shooters. Like, um, I mean, I feel like that'd be a lose lose if they gave up Reeves. I totally agree. The only reason that I could see if you want to add Reeves in, the only way it would Hunter. be, or do you get Bogdanovich? <laughs> Back for a three-point shooting. I think if you get DeJounte Murray, Bogdanovich, you send over Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and then if you don't want to give up that first-round pick, maybe you throw in Jalen Jalen Hood Shafino as like that, you know, first-round pick type of player, which he was a first-round pick in this last year's draft. Maybe that moves the needle a little bit because you add to the things that I just mentioned. You add quote unquote a defender in DeJounte Murray um, and also a guy that can get you 20 points a game along with Bogdanovich if you want to start him or bring him off the bench uh, as a three point shooter which you know checks both those boxes but also you're getting rid of another young talented player in Austin Reeves which we saw how that went with Alex Caruso when they let him leave um, didn't really work out um, besides that one Mickey Mouse ring. <laughs> well, and Austin Reeves is just on such a good contract too. Uh, $12 million he's making this year. Um, and even somebody like Bogdanovich is making 18 which is kind right. of funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, just tough. I, I, I don't really know. I feel like they're in kind of a tough position right now. They they need guys to get healthy, and they need guys to play better. The Lakers do. <laughs> yeah, and it's tough. You know they've been on a losing streak too. I mean, I, I think I just saw something where maybe it was two two days ago when before they won, but they had just as many wins as the Pistons did this year, which is two wins. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and so they've been on a, a real the a real struggle train lately, and you know if it continues they might be forced to kind of make a bigger move instead of, you know, if this team was hovering around that five, four, six seed, 
um, with a winning record, maybe they make some small changes instead. Um, I know Jared Vanderbilt came out and said in an interview, he's like, we don't need to make any big time, you know, moves. We can we're, we're good with what we what we have and we can just make a couple small moves to kind of fix this roster. But I mean, you know, Rob Plinka and LeBron, their hands might be forced if this team loses game after game after game and they start slipping down in the standings like they already have. I believe they are. I mean, the Utah Jazz are above them in the standings right now uh, after their six-game winning streak. So I believe the Lakers are 11th right now in the West, 11th or 12th. So if this continues, they're gonna, they might have to make a major move like this. Yeah, I think they're they're in the play-in still. I thought, but um, yeah, I mean, I I think one trade that could maybe be interesting for the Lakers would be um, kind of like uh, admitting they're wrong and and letting a shooter go and getting him back. Uh, maybe trading D'Lo and something for like shooter and Gary Trent if they're interested. Um, it maybe has to be like entice the Raptors they'd probably have to throw in like one of their young guys um, if they're interested in one of them yeah maybe you go out and get uh, Buddy Heald from the Pacers for like Rui Hachimura yeah I just feel like point guard's definitely an issue for them because I don't know if LeBron should be playing point guard and then they, they obviously it's been unfortunate for them that Gabe Vincent has been hurt the whole year because right. he might have been able to help um and I think that's kind of what they're missing. So, uh, I mean, the DeJounte Murray trade, like, if they could get it without, like, giving up anything significant, then I totally am for that one. Uh, but otherwise, they might have to think a little smaller. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another player I wanted to touch base on, you know, this was kind of before when Cleveland was kind of going through a drought. Um there was a lot of news of Evan Mobley probably being that starting center. And, you know, he went down with an injury. Uh, I don't think it's that serious, but a guy like Jared Allen would benefit a lot of teams. I think two of them that come to mind that really need a center are the Thunder and the Warriors. Um, at this point, though, in the season, do you, th- I mean, especially the way Jared Allen's playing, do you see Cleveland moving off of Jared Allen? Even though I believe they're like the, what are they, the fifth seed right now in the East? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now I couldn't, like, he's the reason they are the fourth seed right now is because he's been playing really good lately. Um, especially with Mobley being out for so long. They're on a five-game win streak, too. Um yeah, I can't I can't see them. They're beating the the Bucks right now by seventeen, um, but obviously no Giannis. But um, yeah, just, just in general, though, I I don't think they'd trade him. I feel no. like he's he's a pretty good player too. I mean, and he fits well with somebody like Garland. That's a good passer. Just I mean, just another killer to the Warriors. Like there are not a lot of good like centers on the market right now. So. To see another one kind of go off the board where you could have maybe maybe made a trade like adding Wiggins, Moses Moody, Kaminga, and a first-round pick and getting like Jared Allen and Akora or something. But the way it's shaping out now, I mean, 
I'm looking at the centers on here. I mean, I don't know if there's any other centers besides like Wendell Carter Jr. Maybe Andre Drummond. That could maybe benefit the Warriors a little bit at that center position. But both those players, I mean, Andre Drummond doesn't fit in with the Warriors whatsoever. And then Wendell Carter, I think, would be a good move because he's on such a good contract. I believe he's making like $12 million over the span of like three or four years. Um, I just don't know if, I mean, Wendell hasn't looked right on Orlando since coming back from that injury. And, um, I don't know if that fixes any of the problems that Golden State's going through right now. Um, after losing that game to Memphis with no jaw, no Desmond Bain, um, no oh, Marcus man, Smart. That was such a bad loss. It was so bad. Um, I talked about it a little bit in the intro, but. I mean, for Golden State, like we mentioned them as being like a buyer seller, like it. I mean, it's buying season, right? You, I mean, you got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green that are all getting into their later years. I mean, you got to make a move, right? I mean, it's literally now or ever for it, never for them because these guys aren't getting any younger, um, and then also like. A lot of the young guys are almost at a point where they either need the second contract or they need to move on. So um, they're kind of at a real like turning point in their franchise where they have to go one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I if I'm a Warriors fan, I I don't want Kaminga getting traded. I think he's been impressive this year, which leaves you Moses Moody, which they've already said is on the trade block. Um, Andrew Wiggins could probably be a trade piece. Um, some guys that I like that they could possibly get, maybe Jeremy Grant of the Portland Trailblazers, um, maybe a Bogdanovich um, on the Detroit Pistons. Um, some of these bigger wing type of players. Um, and then, you know, like I said, no, no real good centers on the market. Maybe a Kelly Olenek you could get as well, but um, which move in your eyes would, would maybe help them get back to not necessarily to their winning ways of like a championship type team, but at least winning some games. Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough. Cause like, I don't know what contracts they are going to be able to trade either. Cause Chris, I'm not sure if Chris Paul is going to be able to be traded or not. Um, because of his hand injury because he's supposed to be out for quite a while still because um, that would definitely affect who they can target um, one one center that I was maybe thinking about um, I'm not I mean he wouldn't help like a ton like defensively but um, no it'd be uh, just a cheap center it would be Zach Collins from the Spurs um, I could see him helping. He's a good passer for a big man. He can shoot. Um, decent rebounder, but he's also he's not like a good defender, really. Um, but he's, I could he's see decent. Like, he's been pretty good on San Antonio, and, and Barlow, one of their young prospects at center, yeah. has been playing well, too. So I could definitely see if it's the right deal, you know, maybe them making a move at Zach Collins. 
Yeah, and then uh, they also I was trying to like make it so that they could maybe get like Keldon Johnson too, because I could see them moving on from Keldon Johnson. Um, it's tough to get the salary to work though, unless they put Wiggins or Chris Paul in. Um, yeah, well, like you said, Chris Paul probably won't. Probably unless, can't be traded unless he comes back before the trade deadline, um, which is on February fifth or February eighth. I don't see him possibly being added so i mean you're limited to andrew wiggins then yeah and i mean maybe they would be because i feel like Keldon johnson like he's not as good of a defender as andrew wiggins but he's much more consistent scorer than wiggins is um and i also could see the spurs being really interested in somebody like moses moody who has shown like a lot of stuff like at times but hasn't really got the opportunity and what other perfect place for an opportunity than a terrible team in the West that has nothing but, like, opportunity that they could play him. Yeah. Um, and he he seems like a guy that would fit with, like, a pop system, too. Because, I mean, he was a dog in uh, college when he was playing, um, uh, oh, what team was it? Arkansas was where he went. But um, I feel like he, he's a good player. He just hasn't got the opportunity. And... The Warriors just have so many guards. It's tough to get them the opportunity. Um, so I could I could see them maybe being interested in something like that. Even if Keldon's not in it, just somebody like Zach Collins, I could see them being interested. Yeah. No, I mean, to go off of your trade, I think it'd be perfect if they did the Zach Collins trade. Um, maybe you trade... I mean, maybe you throw Gary Payton in there. I think he's still injured, so maybe you can't throw him in there. But um, somebody that makes similar to the money that Zach Collins makes and then going out and getting uh, Jeremy Grant, um, obviously you'd have to add in Wiggins and probably Moody in that deal. Um, But I think Jeremy Grant would be a better fit defensively because, I mean, you're going to need defense on this team as well to go along with somebody who can knock down shots a little bit more consistently than Andrew Wiggins has shown this year. Um, and I think Jeremy Grant does both those things. Um, and then you add in Zach Collins, like you said, and that shores up their center position just a little bit. Um, doesn't fix everything, but at least you can roll out some lineups of Kayvon Looney and, and Zach Collins and not having to give 30 plus minutes to Looney in the playoffs. Uh, like they have done so many times in the past. So, um, I think those two moves could be a move uh, for them to make. Um, two players that I'm looking at from this this net squad, though, um, to move on and find you know different teams is Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith. Also, um, you could add in Spencer Denwinnie as another trade piece for the Nets, but. You know, teams like the Lakers, like the Warriors, um, some of these teams. I mean, every team needs a 3 and D guy, and the Nets have two of those guys, even though the Nets haven't been that good at defense this year. Dorian Finney-Smith, more than capable knockdown, uh, spot-up threes, can guard your best uh, defender. Same thing with Royce O'Neal. I mean, Royce O'Neal <laughs> in their last game had, like, five threes. Um I mean, guard their best player. Did I say their best defender? <laughs> yeah, their best defender. <laughs> well, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, you just got them on their best defender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I mean, the, those two players, I think, will be coveted around the league uh, by every team that's trying to make a push uh, for the playoffs. Um, is there a, a perfect fit you see for one of these two players? Um, I mean, obviously, every team's a perfect fit for them. Well, yeah, but, you you really can't go go wrong with somebody. It's funny. I I feel like uh, like Finney Smith would be perfect again with like the Mavericks. <laughs> like I feel like they yeah. probably wish they would have kept him in general, but um, I don't know if they would do that trade. But um, Mavericks could be a team. Um, yeah, I mean, he could fit with any. Like I feel like the Heat could be a good team for him because um, they could use maybe another power forward. Uh, that can shoot. Um, that's more athletic than Kevin Love. Um, another team could maybe be like uh, the Sixers. Like I feel like they could use somebody like that over uh, uh, what's his face. Uh, Where they're rolling out there right now, uh, Batum, Batum and Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Finney Smith is definitely a better player than them currently. Um. Pacers, if they want to make another move, pa- yeah, Pacers, that actually be interesting. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe you see. I mean. I mean, any of these teams that are are buyers. I mean, Thunder. You know, even the the Nuggets, maybe. Nuggets, yep. Yeah. I could see the Rockets if they truly think that they have a a, a winning squad there in Houston, which it. You know, looked good starting off, but. Lately, it's been a little up and down, but, um, you know, a, a number of these teams could use both those players. Uh, it just depends on what your asking price is if you're the Nets. I mean, you're probably asking for a first-round pick for both of them, right? At least. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think these are two players who... It's not going to be right away, but you know, somewhere close to that trade deadline is when the, that trade's going to be made because I think the Nets are going to wait to see who has the best offer for one, if not both, of these players. Definitely. I was actually thinking about something. I get you bringing up the the Rockets, and earlier you brought up Donovan Mitchell, and I feel like the Rockets could be a decent team for Donovan Mitchell. Um, like if they're going to do a blockbuster trade, uh, maybe like trade somebody like Jalen Green back to the, um, because like that could be a good young player that they maybe want. Um, and then they get, and then, uh, Donovan Mitchell helps them more because like he's a proven player. Um, but they're right. also, and they have a, point guard. a ton of upside. Yeah. They have a smaller point guard, same with Cleveland, but. I think, and you know, everybody could say Fred VanVleet's a better defender than Darius Garland is at this point in their uh, respective careers. Yeah, no, definitely, and I, I feel like Jalen Green would fit good with Darius Garland too because Darius Garland can pass really well, um, and Jalen Green's not the best passer, more of a yeah. let it fly guy. Uh, but they also have a ton of other pieces too, like the the Rockets low key have a ton of trade pieces uh, with like. Whitmore and Tari Eason and like got it kind of depends on what direction that they want to end up going I'm not saying they should trade those guys I'm just saying like Tari Eason's probably off the block right at this point I mean Tari Eason's shown a lot this year a lot of improvement but it just depends on Mitchell 
Donovan Mitchell's a big time piece. Like, right. You saw what they had to give up for him. Like, yeah. And it's more enticing to Cleveland. I don't think anybody's offering them a better, you know, young players than Jalen Green and Tari Eason, along yeah. with picks, than any other team can at or give you. So, exactly. And obviously, Jalen Green's a big piece, too. So, like, right. Um, but I, I think that could be an interesting trade. Like, because Donovan Mitchell definitely could be on the move. Like, whether it's now or in the offseason, I definitely see that as a possibility. Yeah, and it, I honestly, I I think they should trade him this year. They probably won't. They've said that they won't. But I think this is a case of the Toronto Raptors where you don't want to wait too long where, you know, the contract's getting lower and lower. And then you have to figure out, does Donovan Mitchell, like, if he has one year left on his deal, does he want to play for a Houston Rockets, Rockets team yeah. does he want to play for you know another team that isn't in the west coast or one of these top east coast uh teams um like Boston or Philadelphia so or yeah, New York point. so i mean you don't want to wait too long but i think cleveland i mean they're like we said they're fourth or fifth in the east right now so they're probably not looking to trade him and he's been so good with Darius Garland off, you know, with his, uh, I think he broke his jaw or something like that. So he's been out for a little bit, but it hasn't looked great when Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell have been on the court at the same time. And they're both guards that need the ball in their hand. And I just don't know if that relationship necessarily is going to work come playoff time. Like we saw last year against a Knicks team that didn't have, OG and Nobi didn't have Hart and Stein um, playing big minutes, you know, didn't have some of these players uh, that they do now. And Knicks will probably get even better. Um, so, and if you look at it, the everybody in the East is getting better. I mean, Milwaukee got, I, I wouldn't say a ton better, but you got Damian Lillard. That makes it mm-hmm. a lot better um, than last year, definitely. And we just saw how clutch he is. Right. <laughs> Absolutely crazy crazy buzzer beater um against what was it sacramento kings yeah um, dude, after if, D- after you see D- sacramento last, last week or last night too yeah two um, tough losses in a row speaking of sacramento um they gotta make a move right uh, they i mean you gotta go all in right if you're sacramento yeah i mean sacramento was tough uh Every time I watch Halberton play and I'm the Sacramento Kings, I'm just vomiting. Uh, <laughs> I just can't even stomach how that happened. Dude, what's um, what's happened to Kevin Herter and then Harrison Barnes been he's been terrible. Um they have nobody that can guard the opposite team at all. Like Matt, who's their who's their best defender? I, I don't know who it is. Keegan Murray? Keegan Murray, maybe. And Keegan um, Murray's not your your best defender on a championship-level team. Not even your second best. Maybe your third. So I don't know how... Yeah. I don't know how you win in the playoffs if you don't have any resemblance of any defense. So if you're Sacramento, I mean, you got to get some of these players we've named off. Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, Royce O'Neal, just to start off. And then I still think you need, like, a... Another, you know, two guard because Kevin Herter's not getting it done. He's 
been awful this year from three. Do you add like an Alex Caruso maybe as your big move? Do you add like a, I mean, I wouldn't want, I, I'm staying away from Zach Levine. I'm not putting yeah, him Yeah, I was going to say, do you think um, like DeRozan could help at all? Yeah, I think as like a third guy, I think DeMar DeRozan's shown that he can be a third guy on a, you know, championship-ish level team. Um, yeah. I'm just, is that, I mean, if you get DeMar DeRozan, I still want some better defenders around that unit, though. I mean, that doesn't fix yeah, everything. Yeah, well, like, what about, like, Caruso and DeRozan? Yeah, if you're doing that, I mean, you got to throw in, what, Kevin Herter. You got to throw in Davion Mitchell, uh, even though I don't Barnes know. Barnes making $17 million, so he'd probably have to be in that. Right. Um, David Mitchell, I don't know how high people think of him anymore. I mean, last year you could have got some for him. This year he's not playing anything. So how much value does he have? And then you're, I mean, you're kind of limited on picks if you're Sacramento as well. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I, know how you I, make that work. Yeah. I could maybe see them like be interested in like Crusoe and Drummond. Yeah. Because I feel like that. I like, like that. JaVale's pretty terrible as a backup yeah, center. I mean, he's okay, but I feel like Drummond's like, I mean, he's at least a little bit younger. And like, I don't know. I feel like he can add a little more at this point in his career. Yeah. I'd, I'd, defensively, though, Drummond's not the greatest. I mean, he'll get you some blocks, but. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't hurt because yeah. in the Western Conference, you're going to have to deal with Jokic, Anthony Davis, um, some of these bigger centers, and it wouldn't hurt to have somebody like that. But then again, I mean, you're, you're kind of in a predicament where, you know, obviously adding Alex Caruso would be a huge move, improves your defense, uh, his IQ can knock down shots, so perfect fit next to Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. I'd like to see that. Um, I'd rather them just, you know, I mean, yeah, if you add in Drummond, but then again, I still think you need another piece like a Dorian Finney-Smith or something like that. Um, yeah. And maybe I mean, they you... could probably do that too, though, because like those are right, right. Are smaller contracts, maybe a three-team trade or something. Maybe the, maybe the Nets are interested in the player off of the the Kings. Yeah. Let, I'm I mean, not sure if they would be or not, but they could, they could use some shooting. So like maybe a Kevin Herter, um, maybe if they, you know, think highly of, uh, Davion Mitchell, possibly, um, a Keon Lewis type of player. Um, but this is all hypothetical. I don't know if that's really moving the needle for the Nets or if, you know, they'd want the picks instead. And then, I mean, maybe you can throw a first round pick in there, but I, I'm not sure how many first round picks they actually have. Yeah. I'm not really sure either. Uh, they also have that, that Sasha guy who's a pretty good three point shooter that, but not a good defender. So maybe they could be interested in him. True. Yep. Um, is there anybody else for, I mean, Isaiah Stewart, another big guy on the Pistons. Um, that you could see moved along with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich um, on Detroit. Um, I could see those two possibly being moved. Isaiah Stewart would be a good power forward 
um, for a number of these teams that need a defender uh, who's a bigger guy that can kind of not necessarily fix your defensive issues, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, another t- player that can – I don't know if he'll get moved, but I definitely think people are going to be offering for him would be Gafford. Yes. I'm a big Daniel Gafford fan. Well, yeah, and just with centers like being pretty uh, slim pickings, I feel like people are definitely making offers for him right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Warriors, Thunder – um, maybe the Knicks. Man, Thunder. You'd be nasty on the Thunder. Yes, yes. But, I mean, not a shooter. So, like, he'd be strictly like a pick-and-roll type of player, which, you know, he's shown he can do, and he's athletic as a big. So, um, hopefully it doesn't, you know, boggle everything down in the paint for Shea and Jalen Williams and Josh Giddy and Chet and all them. So, um, but I, I do think that's a type of option where you can, you know, if you want, you can start them or if you want to bring them off the bench too. So, but yeah. it's always good to have a center who's a solid player that you can, you know, if you run into a bigger team, you can use them. Then if you run into a smaller team, like the warriors or something, you can go back to, you know, playing your small, small ball lineup that's been working. So. It's good to have options, especially when you run into the uh, tough stretch of the season. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the Thunder really don't even have, like, a true center. Like, because, um, like, Jalen, the other Jalen Williams is only 6'9". And, obviously, Chet's 7'1", but he kind of is, like, a... He's a toothpick, let's be honest. Yeah, he's more of a Wemby type of player where, with five inches less, where... He kind of likes to roam outside a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he does. I mean, once he puts on a little bit of size, and even if he doesn't, it's not a big deal. But I think when you see in the playoff time, you know, the Thunder are going to have issues with some of those, especially if they make a deeper run or even first round if they play like a Lakers team that has Anthony Davis. I mean, I don't think Chet – I mean, Chet can – he can play some solid defense, but I don't I don't think you want him banging around with Anthony Davis in the post. See, yeah, and that's that's kind of why like it's nice that the Cavs have Jared Allen because I feel like uh, Chet and um, Mobley are very similar builds. I know he's a little bit taller than Mobley, um, but they're both very skinny, and I feel like that's why it's nice to have like that second guy that if you need them like then you can size up better against people. And then also uh check can be more of a weak side blocker, which, or a help side blocker where he can come over and help. Um, which he does phenomenally, just like Wimby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Thunder might make a trade. They have all the assets and like, I don't, I think they might lose some people if they don't because they're going to be drafting more people this off season. So um, I don't know. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's just some other guys that could possibly be traded. Um, just looking through my list, John Collins. I, I don't know if Utah wants to trade John Collins. 
I think they kind of want to wait and see. And he's on a solid contract anyways. Um, Karis LeVert, if the Cavs want to move on from him, but he's such a great secondary option off the bench or first, first option off the bench. Um, the last guy I want to talk about though is Jordan Clarkson. Uh, we've mentioned him on, on previous podcasts just cause you know, we see his talent. We see what he brings to this Utah jazz. And he, um, even though he's not the starting point guard, most nights, like he's their main facilitator. Uh, he's a great shooter. Um, not the best defender, but he can hold his own on defense. Um, I've just been so impressed with the next leap that he's taken with his, uh, with his passing. Um, I think he's averaging like around six assists, seven assists a game, something like that, which early in his career, you would have never guessed that he could be able to pass. And honestly, he didn't pass. So, um, but looking at his contract, I believe he makes, what does he make? I think he makes around 20 million. Something like, yeah. Um, looking at his contract, Matt, last guy um where do you see if utah wanted to trade jordan clarkson where do you think he would be the perfect fit on a team i mean uh, honestly a player like clarkson could fit in on a bunch of different teams i know i i've said in the past uh, like a perfect fit would be like the knicks um if they want somebody off the bench since they lost uh quickly off the bench i feel like He'd be the perfect person off the bench for them um, if they really wanted to share up their bench. Um, but, I mean, there's just a number. Like, obviously, like, the Wolves, he'd be an unreal fit on um, if we could afford him, but we can't afford him. Right. Um, we don't, honestly, we don't have anybody to even reach that number. Um, and you're not, not including. Not that we want to trade. No, you're not including Nas Reed. You're not including Jaden McDaniels. Uh, the next highest guy on there off your bench is Kyle Anderson. He only makes $9 million. Shake Milton makes $5 million. So maybe you include – I just don't think that moves the needle for Utah. And Minnesota, I think, only has one draft pick in 2030. So, um, Yeah, well, and they – I mean, they have our picks. They have all of our picks. <laughs> right, so – do they want another one of ours or one of, like one or two of someone else's? Probably somebody, another team. But yeah, yeah, he'd be a perfect bench guy. Um, um but I, he'd also be a good fit on like a lot of teams just because of how versatile he is. Like he'd be a great fit on the the Sixers off the bench. He'd be a great fit on the Bucks, the Heat, um, even the Pacers. Um, I don't know. It just, I don't know, really know who has the salary for him, but Lakers might. Like he'd be a great fit on the Lakers, honestly. He'd maybe start for the Lakers. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, I especially mean, if uh, they they keep want to put Austin Reeves on the bench still for some reason. I don't know why they do that. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, they finally moved him back to the starting shooting guard with D'Angelo Russell, but um, it just makes no sense why Austin Reeves would come off the bench for your <laughs> for your Lakers squad when, I mean, yeah, LeBron James can run that point guard position, but 
do you really want also 38 or 39 <laughs> yeah do you really want to run a 39 year old at point guard for 36 plus minutes probably not if you're trying to make it the yeah. long run in this this 82 game season and a post season into may june and uh maybe july but <laughs> yeah i mean they they gotta find i mean like you said like a a Jordan Clarkson, like a Terry Rozier, another ball handler uh, would work wonders, even a DeJounte Murray if they want to go big. Um, but I think Jordan Clarkson probably makes the most sense on a team that already has a starting point guard where they can just bring him off the bench or start him um, next to somebody that like a... Oh, I don't... I mean, maybe, maybe probably not the Heat, but like a six-year squad that could use another bench scorer. Um, maybe the Magic, if the Magic want to go and get a point guard that can score and facilitate. Because, um, I mean, I'm looking at all the teams that have a good defense where Jordan Clarkson doesn't have to come in and be like a the third-best defender or, or even fourth. Um, but... Yeah, a lot of these teams would love to have him. I just don't know if Utah is necessarily in that selling market. They might, they might be buyers. They might just stand still and um, let things roll out for this season. And you know, honestly, I, I wouldn't blame them for doing that. They have a ton of picks as it is. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame them either. <laughs> I, honestly, if I if I was the Nuggets, I, I would I would trade. Uh... Porter and all of my first round picks for Markinen and Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they would take it. <laughs> no, I, I, so I that, definitely that would make the Nuggets absolutely nasty. Yeah. And I honestly, if you're Utah, you, you might think about that. Yeah, I would have to consider it. <laughs> like, unless you're building around Markinen, which maybe they are. But I doubt it. Well, if they were, they'd be adding more pieces, another star next to them. But it looks like they're trying to develop a lot of their young talent. Looks like uh, Coach Hardy, you know, starting Keontae George, who's their rookie. Um, they got a lot of young players that are that are playing big minutes for that Utah Jazz fan, Utah Jazz team, which, you know, on some nights you see Keontae George playing 30, 35 minutes. Some games you see him playing 20, 25 um, I think Hardy's done a really good job of kind of balancing that lineup out, and it's shown, you know, that they can they can win with a team that, on paper, orthodoxly, it's not the greatest kind of starting five with, what is it, Keontae George, Chris Dunn. Um, does Agbaji play the three, or is it marking it? Because I know Kessler comes isn't off it, the bench for them. Isn't it marking and... Uh... Collins. John Collins, yeah, at the four position. Who plays the third? No, the Unless center. it is Clarkson that no, that is now center. starting. I don't think Walker Kessler, Walker Kessler has been coming off the bench recently. Yeah, no, Dunn starts. Um, Olenek uh, comes off the bench. Oh, isn't it that Fetechio? Yeah, Fetechio has been starting, or however you yeah, say it, yeah. starting. He's been playing at that that small forward position recently, yeah. which another young player that they've added to that starting lineup who plays like 
20, 25 minutes on a good day uh, in that starting lineup. So, I mean, if they truly were trying to make Lori Markkinen um, be this, I mean, I don't see him as a number one option, but if, if they want him to be that number two option, you would see them going out and getting, you know, another, another star, another, a number one option to kind of pair with him. But I think they're kind of taking this nice and easy and just seeing where the cards kind of unfold. And honestly, I think it's a good idea. And, and Hardy's, I mean, he's honestly done a phenomenal job coaching. Uh, he, sh- he should be up there in coach of the year talks with, um, Mark, uh, the Thunder coach. I, I can never pronounce his last name. Diakno? Uh, like Dagnall or something like that. Dagnall, yeah, Dagnall. Um, he should be up there with, with him and and um, some of the other, other good coaches that have had good seasons. Uh, I think he's done Chris a really Finch. good job. Chris Finch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. But. Yeah, I mean, those are just some of the trade candidates, potential landing spots that we kind of see some of these players um, going um, before this February 8th trade deadline. Um, it, honestly, it's one of the favorite, my favorite times of the year is just because, I mean, on that February 7th to 8th time frame, um, right near the trade deadline, I feel like I'm, I'm spending all my time just on my phone on ESPN, just waiting to see what Woj and um, some of these uh, media guys come out with trades because it's, I mean, it feels like 2K, right? I mean, you, we do it all the time it in really 2K does. where, I mean, I'll, I'll play Matt in a game and we'll play like one game or like, you know what would be fun? We just If we just did a couple trades and just, <laughs> you know, fix, fix their team up a little bit because, I mean, say you win one game, then I'm just like, you know what? I didn't like how Kevin Herter was playing in the starting unit. Like, uh, I'd yeah. love to just trade him away and maybe get, you know, a better shooting guard option, like a Clay Thompson or somebody that's good in 2K. But um, it, it's just a fun time of the season. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing where some of these players land, and I know you are as well. Um, Matt, You did you want to close on anything else before we end the pot? Well, yeah, to just go, go off you were saying. Like, I mean, it's fun in the NBA because, like, you never know. Like at last year at the deadline, KD got traded. Like, right. It's different than any other sport where like absolute superstars can get traded at the deadline. You just never really know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Wait, you said it was February seventh is the deadline. February eighth is the or deadline. February eighth. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Maybe we'll right. do a a show like as it's going down. Yeah, we could do we could do one. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing we will just to get yeah all the trades and see if we got any of them right or close. Obviously, with picks and stuff, we probably won't get any of these trades right, <laughs> but um, it's still fun to talk about yeah. them, and uh, it, it's definitely going to be fun to see which of these teams kind of takes the next step, and then we can also figure out which of this, these teams are kind of selling, unloading, trying to get a high draft pick, which uh, later in the year, after the finals and playoffs, We'll get into uh, rookies and stuff like that, where we could see um, some of the rookies landing. Obviously, uh, the NCAA men's um, league is just basically starting. I mean, they're through like, what is it, like 16 games? But um, Yeah, they're like in the conference get, play now. 
Yeah, once once we get into March Madness time, then we'll we'll start to get a good you know recognition of what some of these young players uh, look like and which teams they can mesh well on uh, come you know NBA draft night. So a lot of things to look forward to coming up. Uh, we will have some social media stuff come up, uh, YouTube stuff coming out. Uh, I believe we are doing Coach Carter um, this weekend, so I think. We should have that episode coming out next Friday, uh, Film Friday. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we'll have a special guest on there uh, with me and Matt to talk to Coach Carter and go through that uh, film sesh. But a uh, lot of things to look forward to on the Shot Side program. Uh, that'll be it from us here at Shot Side. Peace out, guys. Peace. Peace.